Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon uh, one day early or um, on the main feed on Friday. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Finley Martin of Power Slam fame, the man who this podcast is named after. Finn, how are you today? Penny, I'm doing well, yes. I've just, uh, I mentioned, well I did mention, didn't I, after I did the interview with Eric you mentioned, Yeah, you mentioned Patreon. So yeah, I've just finished writing that up, so... Yeah, I think people will enjoy that. So I'm just working on the cover now for the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, issue 38. Let's make sure I get the number right. Yes, issue 38. Yeah, we told people on Patreon at the weekend that if you're not a Patreon subscriber, um, Eric Bischoff, I mean, you could probably put two and two together, that we were probably going to make that happen. Um, but yeah, because Finn had never spoken to Eric Bischoff before. Um so you know it's a great interview to set up and it's going to be in the next issue so you can check it out uh yes yes so uh so yeah i'm doing all right how's yourself kenny i'm good i'm good i'm uh i'm I, 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 earlier today i was watching dynamite i just wanted to give this person a mention at the top of the the program today because i, I am in love with tony storm's new character timeless tony storm the 50s pinup girl i mean she is just a riot as this character and i just never predicted it i never predicted that tony storm had it in her to do this to to develop such a character to be so fun there's one point in the match last night where she she finishes in a move to sky blue and she just turns to the camera and says and now a quick message from our sponsors and they go to break i mean she's got bits ready she's got a close-up bit she's so yeah just uh Big fan of Tony Storm at the moment, which never thought I'd say. And I'm and I'm I'm glad I'm wrong about her. I'm glad I'm wrong that she did have more in the tank than I thought she previously did. Yeah, um, it's definitely a, an original character. I mean, is it supposed to be uh, based on a film noir siren, a femme fatale? I mean, is that who she's supposed to be? I'm not sure, but old Hollywood, something like that. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, you can't. It feels kind of Norma Desmond, kind of you know. There's you know she there's also a promo or a vignette she does with um, RJ City, and he says you know you've been wrestling for over fourteen years, and she just starts hitting him with a shoe. She goes, "Don't you call me old? I'm not old. I'm timeless." And you know it goes into the whole thing. Um, but yeah, she's doing she's doing very well. Uh, someone before we talk about Raw, then you know Hulk Hogan when he speaks, it's pretty much confirmed it's going to be rubbish. 
most of the time. Yes. Um, and he's done a new interview with Chris Van Vliet. So he, is, of course, has been spouting various stories. I just thought I'd, I'd fling a couple of them at you and <laughs> see if you think it's fact or fiction. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, fact or fiction? <laughs> so, number one, Hogan says, and I, I am not making this up, right? Hogan says that it was discussed that at WrestleMania 39, Nick Hogan would have a match with Shane McMahon. Has Nick Hogan ever had a match? No. Here's what here's what the Hulkster said to Chris Van Vliet. Shane had called me and sent me a picture from Madison Square Garden. I guess they got a Hall of Fame walk in there. Shane sent me a picture of him standing in front of my stuff and goes, Hey, old timer, you got one more left in you? I went, okay, what are you thinking? He goes, well, I don't know if you had one more left in you or maybe a surrogate such as Nick. So we started talking and I said, the only way I could do anything is if I was in the middle of the ring and you just came to me because I can't run or hit the ropes. I have a hard time walking distance, taking a bump. If I got up, I'd have to roll to my left. I can't roll to my right. The only way I can get up is if I roll to my left. So it would be a stretch. But Nick was in Rikishi's school for a couple of years and he was in there with Rusev and all those guys. I'd go out to California and watch him and Nick had it figured out. But then he blew both of his shoulders out. I said, well, I don't know. There's a possibility to maybe do something, whatever the storyline is. Maybe Nick is a heel, and he says that Shane destroyed his father's career. I don't know. There's a million ways to do it. Then a couple of weeks later, Shane got hurt or something with his quad. So we're well, meant to believe. Shane got hurt in the match with The, the Miz, Miz, didn't he? At, at the WrestleMania that this was potentially going to happen at. So, just, so we're meant to believe, Finn, that not only was Nick Hogan training to wrestle for a couple of years... Um, I mean, is this his news? Did this, anyone know this? Nobody. I don't know if R- Rikishi knew and it was his school. Um, but then we're meant to believe that. So it was never publicised that Nick Hogan was training to wrestle for a couple of years. And then Nick blew both of his shoulders out. And this was never covered anywhere. I mean, it's fiction, isn't it? It's just fiction. It's, I don't, I mean, only if Hogan, only if Hulk knows whether it's fiction. He may well believe this is all real. He may well have no idea whether this is true or false. Maybe he believes it's real. Um, I always found it a bit odd that that Nick didn't give wrestling a go. I mean, obviously, the sister did. We saw her as a personality in TNA in 2010, or was it 2011-12? She was a personality on screen there for a while. I mean, I thought she was okay. But, I mean, she was not somebody who was ever really going to do well. And she was just living off the Hogan name, of course. Um, but, I mean, Nick, as far as I know, he's never done anything in pro wrestling, to the best of my knowledge. No, I've never heard of anything happening with him. Um, the results... So, he's just, I mean, who knows with Hulk? I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious. I just can't believe there's any truth to, the, to any of this. Well, perhaps Hogan believes it's true. Uh, now, we don't know when this is made. Well, I think this was WrestleMania 25. So, you know, you were you were covering, covering wrestling for personal attention. You might have the inside scoop here. But he told Chris Van Bleet that for WrestleMania 25, Vince had him all hooked up to wrestle Cena at that show. He said, Vince had me all hooked up with Cena, and I said I'd do it. And Vince and I were talking every week. We were putting plans together, like the old days, where I was in the office every day. Him and I were talking every day. And all of a sudden, I'm on the phone with Vince. And I was like, oh, my God. And then my back went out when I was talking to Vince on the phone. I just had back surgery number three or four at that time. And I had to go right in immediately and get cut up. So that was it for that. I never thought that was going to be my last match. And then, you know, it never happened. and just kind of faded away. But to your... Does anything in the memory bank strike you that Hulk Hogan was going to be facing John Cena at WrestleMania 25. So that was 2009, right? Yes, yes. So, I mean, now Hogan left in December. Was it December 2009? Or t- no, 2008, was it? Or 2007? Now, he famously made an appearance, didn't he, on one of the specials? Yeah, his last appearance was December 2007 on the Raw 15th anniversary special. Okay. We had a segment with the great, the great Kali. Uh, but that, oh. that was the last time. Obviously, December... December 2000, so 2009, he signed for TNA, signed for TNA in October, November 2009. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that they were still in communication at that point. Um, But 
I don't think that Vince would have allowed Hogan to have a match with Cena because I think Vince would have thought, hold on a minute, what happened at WrestleMania 18 with Hogan and The Rock? And that's liable to happen again. And in some ways it wouldn't have mattered because Cena was booed anyway at most events at which he appeared. But I think that could have been a tricky match for Cena if Hogan completely stole his thunder, which he no doubt would have done because that's what he did. Um, but I don't remember hearing about this at the time. I have no recollection that that was ever under consideration. Um, and it's probably news to Vince as well, Kenny. So we're at two for two on Hogan being fiction rather than fact. That's it, yeah. Oh, and like, you know, Brooke, she never had another shot, did she? Had, she had, she had that one um, was it one or more than one appearance before the Randy Orton match? Did yes. she ever appear again for WWE? I don't think she did. No, she did. She didn't. She. Uh... I mean, she, I think she she was definitely one of the Hall of Fame. Uh, she was in the crowd at Hall of Fame, but I don't think she ever appeared as a performer apart from then, as far as I can recall. Yeah, no, I think you're right. She was at the 2005 Hall of Fame when Hogan got inducted, and then she did an appearance in the lead up to the Randy Orton match the following year. But that was it for her. But you know. Listen, Nick Hogan was in the training school with Rikishi for a couple of years, so maybe Nick Hogan's going to be, you know, lighting up the the wrestling ring soon. I mean, maybe AEW could hire him, and it could be Nick Wayne and Nick Hogan. The sons of wrestlers. (laughs) Oh, God, can you imagine? Um, And And they could all be managed by Christian Cage. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Um... But we Hogan also did, unfortunately, and this is pretty sad news. He did tell uh, Chris Van Vliet that um, you know, you know, the movie about his life that's going to happen, the Netflix movie with um, Chris Hemsworth playing Hogan. Now, is is this actually happening? Because we did this. This was announced a very long time ago, and I've heard nothing about it since. Well, Hogan has an update for us. Okay. It. He says, yes, I do have an update. So it was a situation where business-wise, Netflix kind, of, Netflix kind of like missed the date as far as a business situation. And so I had the choice at that time to switch gears. Scott Silver wrote the script. You know, he wrote The Joker and a bunch of different movies. And of course, Todd Phillips had done The Joker, Wolf of Wall Street, all the crazy stuff he did. But yeah, the script came back. It was amazing. I mean, because my favorite movies are Scarface, The Godfather, True, True Romance. It was there. And I just thought, wow. But all of a sudden, there was a business glitch. And then they tried to fix it a few days later. And I'd already decided to move on. So my life rights and stuff are somewhere else right now. And there's a lot of things that are getting ready to happen. And hopefully Todd Phillips and Chris Hemsworth still want to play. There's still a huge opportunity there. So he says that there was an amazing script that had been written. That was akin to Scarface. All these these A-list heavy hitters were ready to go. Yeah, and he said it was akin to Scarface and The Godfather. And true romance. And true romance. <laughs> but then there was a business glitch for a few days, and he'd already decided to move on from this amazing script. I mean, it's kind of like that George Foreman grill story, isn't it? Like, he <laughs> rang him and he wasn't in, so George Foreman got the gig. <laughs> or, or whatever his explanation was. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's like, well, they rang me, but I was engaged. You know, I was on the phone, you know, Bubba the Love Sponge or whatever, I was being interviewed on the radio. So I missed the deal of a lifetime. Go figure. Oh, he's the gift that keeps on giving when he does interviews. Uh, try and make sense out of that. I mean, if these people want to do this, there's going to be a lot of money involved. They've probably got loads of offers and loads of gigs. I mean, look at Chris Hemsworth. I mean, I know... When he was playing Thor, is he still playing Thor? He's played Thor many times, hasn't he? Yes. He's obviously been in very good shape when he played Thor, and he probably is in good shape, you know, ordinarily anyway. But can you imagine the amount of work he's going to have to put in to look like Hulk Hogan? That's going to be a massive commitment, and everyone's going to want schedules and contracts, and everything's got to be all agreed before anyone's going to commit to a project of, you know, that you know, magnitude. Uh-huh. So it does not just going to fall apart because of a business glitch. I'm surprised he didn't blame it, Kenny, on the Hollywood writer's strike, which has now been called off, by the way. Yes, it's now, it's now off. They've managed to come to an agreement. No more striking. 
Yeah, I mean, he could have just blamed it on that. <laughs> I mean, that at least would have been feasible, even if you just made it up. People would have believed that, wouldn't they? And yeah, and the thing is, very rarely do people believe Hogan. So he could have had a, a rare win <laughs> in the in the fact category. Um, but he yeah, he's the gift that keeps on giving. So the the Hulkster. Uh, let's move on to Raw Finn. Lots lots was happening on this episode. We opened this week's Raw with a big brawl. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, who were supposed to have a match on the show, were brawling. Raquel Rodriguez made a return to sort of take out Nia as well. And then Rhea Ripley came out as well to join in the fun. And the crowd are just going crazy for Rhea. And this is a pretty hot open for the show. And it was involving the, the women. And, you know, a lot of there's a lot of women's wrestling right now that's maybe not not going as well as people would like it to. But this was a, a, a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, that's it. I mean, they've done this before where they open open the show with the brawl in progress. You know, it was big commotion and lots of energy to start. So, I mean, it was a nice, you know, deviation, nice departure from the usual lengthy promo, even if we then did get the lengthy promo after, you know, this deviation from the norm. Um, So, yeah, Naya was there, Shana was there, Raquel Rodriguez came out. Um, she fought with Rhea Ripley and, uh, yeah, big scrap and Ripley was left in the ring. So, yeah, from this, you know, we, we believe that we're going to get a Ripley-Naya Jax match. Has that been announced for Fastlane? I don't think it has, has it? No, I don't, I don't think it's been announced yet, but we assume that that's probably going to take place this weekend. Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and maybe, I mean, Shayna and um, Zoe Stark had formed the team. I mean... You know, I was hoping they were going to, like, you know, defeat Chelsea Green and Piper Niven for the tag team belts. But now it looks like it's going to be Natalia and Tegan Knox. We'll get to that shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, this was, this was, this was uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a different start to the show. And then uh, Ripley was in the ring and she called out the rest of Judgment Day and she told them off, scolded them, um, you know, said that no one feared them anymore. Ripley told Dominic Mysterio that if he didn't come home with the North American title tomorrow night on NXT, then he needn't bother coming home. Fortunately for Dom, he did regain the North American title from Trick Williams on NXT yeah. on Tuesday night. So Dom's back in the good books. Um, so, you know, Jay turned up. Um, you know, he flattened uh, Dominic Mysterio. Then J.D. McDonough turned up. Um you know, he teamed up with Stereo to beat down Jay Uso. Then there was Cody Rhodes. He came out. Um, and then Adam Pearce arrived and he said that um, Jay and Cody Rhodes would face Finn Balor, who wasn't on the show, by the way. He said that, um, yeah, Jay and Cody Rhodes will face Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the tag team belts at Fastlane. So at least the match was, you know, actually a lot of things were achieved in this segment stroke brawl, weren't they, when you think about it? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think there was there was a lot achieved, and um, like I say, I think you know sometimes we're a bit disappointed by the women's division. Not looking at you, Charlotte Flair, but um, you know I think this was a really good segment, set up a lot of stuff. So a good start with, and then obviously the the kind of hook for NXT if Dom doesn't win the title that he's potentially out of the Judgment Day. Uh, and yeah, the, now now the idea, you know, because obviously we found we we found it on this show that Cody and Jadis are going to be coming for the. The tag team titles because Jay also comes out. Um, you know, like you say, we end up getting the big the big beatdown by Judgment Day. Cody runs it for the save, and we're going to get the big tag match uh, at Fastlane this weekend. And yes, I think I think this where this is where this kind of plays into a double storyline is you've got the Cody and Jay Uso team, which makes sense. But you can tell this is probably going to be the catalyst for Drew McIntyre to properly turn into a villain because he will not be able to accept Jay in this role. And I think that's a really nice thing bubbling under. And Jay also seems to be doing a lot better in a singles role uh, on Raw, or a, a role without the bloodline, than Jimmy Uso does on SmackDown, who's still in the bloodline. <laughs> well, yes, yes, he does. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens when Roman Reigns returns. I mean, as we, we effectively, the bloodline's... They pressed the pause button, haven't they? Yeah, so, which yeah. they did after WrestleMania as well, when Roman Reigns vanished. So they did that again. So when he returns, I think things will begin moving again for all involved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was um, you know high energy um, opening to Raw, and uh, yeah, lo- lots of things were moved along. 
Yeah, lots of things moved along. Adam Pearce announces that we're going to get that title match. Um, at, at Fastlane, we did get a contract signing with Gunther and Tommaso Ciampa, which um, is, you know, it's the first time Champ has had some time properly to talk in a big kind of angle. How do you think he did here with Gunther? Yeah, yeah, I thought he did well. I mean, it reminded us, I think, reminded me, I'm sure it reminded many others of the Champa of NXT fame. Um, it, it was as if they just said to him, right, just say what you want. You know, just bring that sort of aggression that you used to show when you were in NXT. You know, you can take the gloves off. You know, there's no restrictions. And he was really going for it here. I mean, Gunther, I thought, was was terrific in the heel role, as he always is. Uh, like mocking Champa, not t- refusing to take him seriously and just, you know, that sneering de- demeanour that he has and just looking down his nose at him and feeling that Champa was not on his level or worthy of his respect. And, um, you know, so that led to a big argument and the um, title match was supposed to take place, was it? I think it was supposed to take place next week, wasn't it? Um, and instead, in a, an amazing sort of... <laughs> Because often in pro wrestling, they say, well, you know, let's not wait till next week. Let's do it right now. And it never happens, does it? Yeah. It just never happens. And it's a cheap pop for the crowd. But in this instance, it actually did happen on the show. I mean, yeah. this, this probably has happened before, but it very seldom happens where they say we can do this right now. And then it actually did happen later on the show. Yeah, which is, you know, it keeps people on your toes. You want to be kept on your toes as a, as a viewer. So, yeah, it was really good. I thought Champa did well. Good yeah, just... there was a great intensity to it. You know, real power, I felt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we also had on the show, uh, the with Drew McIntyre. Oh, no, so we had, we had the Seth Rollins. I feel like every week I forget to mention Seth Rollins because I'm just so done with Rollins and Nakamura. I just have no interest in it whatsoever. Um even though they're they're doing the right things, I mean, you know, they're having they're still doing, doing the videos of Nakamura in Japanese, which are good. Rollins is trying. I just don't know why this isn't clicking for me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think it's because you know that Nakamura is not going to win and he's not going to win in their um, last man standing match at um, Fastlane this weekend, this Saturday. So I think that's the drawback to it is that Nakamura is doing better than he has in a long time. But I mean, he's just been this rather uninteresting mid or was this rather uninteresting mid cadder for so long. And now suddenly we're supposed to expect it, supposed to accept him. Um, as a world title challenger. And it just doesn't feel credible to me um, that he could be the one to um, end Rollins' reign. So I think that's the flaw in it. Um, But you're right. I mean, he he, Nakamura is showing, I think he's doing well in this. This is the best thing he's done in in literally years, um, partly because he hasn't done anything of any great interest in years. (laughs) Um, And I think Rollins is playing his role well. I think he's sold for Nakamura here. Uh, Nakamura appeared on the big screen and that was like a ruse and then Nakamura um, attacked Rollins from behind and beat him down. I mean, really gave Rollins a hide in here and Rollins really sold and made Nakamura look tough and made him look like, you know, he was his equal. So, um, you know, he did everything right, but it's just not feasible that Nakamura is going to win this match and that's the drawback to it. Yeah, I think that that, that that's it and it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh we didn't. We'll talk uh, after. And, and also, just Kenny, I don't feel like there's any 
real groundswell of support from anyone that Nakamura should beat him. No, no, I don't, I don't feel that either. That's the other shortcoming here is that who really wants Nakamura to win the belt? Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I don't know, I don't know if there's anybody who wants him to win the belt. So uh, we will, after we talk about Raw, we will talk about the top couple of matches, no mercy, because I did get a chance to watch those. But before that, um, we, had, we did have Tegan Knox talking to Becky Lynch backstage. Lynch obviously had retained at the weekend. And she, you know, Lynch talks about how she wanted to face Tegan next week. Um, and this led to Natalia coming up. Oh, which should just mention that the reason that Lynch couldn't defend against Tegan Knox was because she suffered like a pretty deep cut on her, el- on her elbow that need like, I think it's 11 stitches it needed. So she yeah. was not cleared to wrestle. Yeah. So Natalia then comes up and speaks to uh, Tegan Knox and says she respects Knox after last week. And uh, says, you know, whenever she gets her opportunity, she's going to nail it. And that led us to Tegan Knox taking on Chelsea Green. And she disposed of Chelsea Green very easily. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, poor, poor Chelsea. Um, and, I mean, poor us. Poor us, Kenny, for having to watch another Chelsea Green match. I swear she used to be better than this. And yeah. she's just she's just rubbish in the ring. I'm sorry, Chelsea, but you just are not very good. And yes. um, until you have a match... You know, that is good. I'm, I'm afraid that I've just got no faith in you. And this tag team with Piper Niven is pointless. It's just, just get the belts off these two and put them on a proper team. I mean, this is just a waste of everyone's time. And um, and just one other thing about this game <laughs> was that backstage when Tegan was there and Becky Lynch was saying, you know, I respect you and you can't wait to defend the belt against you next week once I'm cleared to return. And then Natalia turned up. I thought Natalia was totally disingenuous when she was speaking to Tegan Knox and complimenting her and praising her and saying we got off on the wrong foot. Oh, yeah. I thought Natalia's going to turn heel on her. And she didn't. I think that was her being genuine, Finn. That was... That was her attempt to do sincerity. Um, but, you just—I wonder how many times Natalia rehearses her lines backstage. You get the feeling that she over rehearses yes. to the point where it just she just you know, loses sight of what it is that she's supposed to be doing. Yeah, she. I mean, she's just. Yeah, we've we've been through the Natalia thing loads. She's just yes, and now her and Tegan Knox look like they might be going for the tag titles. So I guess they're yeah, that's there. right. Yeah, Natalia came out after Knox had been green, and you know I thought, oh, Natalia's gonna she's she's gonna she's gonna nail Tegan for sure. Instead, she celebrated with her, and like now apparently it's teammates. I mean, this would at least be an improvement on Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Yeah. So I mean, to be honest, I don't care who wins the belts. As long as somebody does. As long as their new champions are crowned this month. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Drew McIntyre. He came out for a promo. He kind of he took the piss out of Cody Rhodes a little bit. But, you know, what should we talk about? And talked about, you know, he doesn't need to explain himself. Uh, and, you know, talks about all the stuff he's done, how he's got to this point. And Drew said when it comes to Jey Uso, um, you know, forgive. He's not going to forgive him yet. He's not. He's not going to forgive him. The Miz then comes out to interrupt, and the Miz is trying to prod Drew back and forth. And um, Drew said the Miz wants him to be the bad guy. Go attack Seth Rollins backstage. Beat him down. Take the title off him. That's what he wants Drew to do. And Drew is playing this very well. I, I said this last week. I think he's doing a really good job of not quite going there yet, but we know he's going to go there. We know it's coming, and he. You know, it ends up having the match with Miz here. I mean, Miz is kind of useless as a wrestler at this point. But he is effective, I think, when he does stuff like this, when he's kind of there to further the story of, a, of another character. And I thought he kind of did that here with Drew. Yeah, I thought so as well. I mean, Miz understands his role is to put people over. You know, that is his job. And, you know, I think he does do it quite well. And... um you know, you're right. He was Miz was saying to Drew, "You're a toothpaste person." You know, and Drew was saying, "Well, I'm not going to do what you want me to do." But we know that you know he's like this subtle villain at the moment, isn't he? We can see that that's where he's going, yeah. but he's not going to do it in like the traditional way. You know, when it happens, it's going to happen after several more events that yeah. have pushed him to, you know, do 
the well it's not unthinkable it's now actually inevitable but you know he's going to be triggered isn't it there's going to there's going to things will have to happen in order for him to do the things he needs to do to become a full-blown heel so he's not quite there yet and you know that's all part of the story so yeah Miz was wearing a suit uh, but it was fairly obvious that he was going to have a match because he was wearing wrestling boots with his suit wasn't he Yes, it was the, the the clues were there if you were watching closely enough. So yeah, so Miz attacked Drew, and that led to a match. And during the match, Drew deliberately removed the top turnbuckle pad and smashed Miz's face into it, um, and then scored the pin. So he deliberately cheated. It wasn't an accidental thing, um, or that Miz had removed the pad and then the heel had you know, received his comeuppance. This was Drew actually removing the turnbuckle pad and then ramming Miz's head into the exposed hook and he scored the pin after that. And then afterwards, McIntyre, you know, in his most overtly heelish act to date, um, insulted the gullibility of wrestling fans, didn't he, afterwards? Yeah. It's coming. It's it's Every week, it's like we get a t- we get like a, a, an inch closer to what this villain Drew, Drew character is going to be. So... Yeah. Um, we then had the main event, which was Gunther taking on Tommaso Ciampa. Obviously, Gunther did retain in the end, but I don't know if I can remember anybody in recent memory talking about Gunther here who consistently delivers high quality matches on TV and pay per views, and there's never really a bad one. Even the Mustafa Ali one a few months ago that we were kind of a bit like, you know, it, it was it was it was okay. It was still really good. It just there wasn't really a story to support it, but. I mean, Gunther's got to be up there, right, in the last couple of years of just kind of the most consistent on-screen performers in the ring. Oh, without a doubt, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's not just the matches, it's the way he sets them up. And it's the way the person that he defeats is not buried and actually in many ways seems stronger after that person loses because that person has pushed Gunther to the limit. And we know Gunther's... Longest reigning Intercontinental Champion ever, you know, one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business. And it's the whole package that he's bringing. You know, you can see he's having a lot of fun with it as well. You know, he's totally comfortable. He's totally relaxed in WWE. He knows that his superiors um, believe in him. And, um, you know, it's one of those, you know, there's a really good relationship there between the, you know, backstage and the talent. And, you know, this is the result of that. When you've got talent, he's completely comfortable in his own skin and he knows he doesn't have to do anything more than he is doing. And I'm sure he's receiving very little direction backstage from the producers and his superiors because they all know that Gunter can do it. You know, he, Gunter's, we've seen this character before, but Gunter in a way has kind of revolutionised this big man character. Yeah. And how he actually works his matches in such a way where he shows that vulnerability, but doesn't look weak. And there's that's a you know it's it's very difficult to master that art, and he has done that, um, and he certainly did it here against Champa. I mean, this was Champa's biggest night of Champa's career. I mean, I know he had some big nights in NXT, but this was Raw. This was the main event of the show. And this was his biggest match ever. And he lost, but he hell, you know, he. He put up a heck of a fight. And uh, and after he had lost to Gunter by referee stoppage, not by tap out, of course, because, you know, that's the sign of a top star. The top mm-hmm. stars don't tap out. They pass out. What happened next, Kenny? Yes, yeah, so he was, he was getting beat down by Imperium. And then we had Johnny Gargano coming out. And, you know, WWE, we, we praise them a lot for, for the quality of how they do. But this was a really badly handled return by WWE. I mean, the, the new music they've given Gargano is awful. It's really bad. Nobody knows what it is. Then he comes out. People kind of are getting to grips with what happens. And then the show goes off the air before they can do the move that they're going to do. And they had to add it on to like the, the YouTube video of what it is. And it was really, I mean, because WWE did everything so well, when stuff like this happens, it really stands out. And I, I don't quite know why it, it was handled that way. Um, it just felt like you could, you know, after the, after Champ had that great performance, like you say, the Gargano return, the DIY should have been given the real, you know, the best possible chance at being 
receive well. And the crowd did get into it in the end, but I don't know, for me, I thought the music, I don't know why you can't use the music in NXT that people knew him for, but then going off the air before the move happens, it's kind of the cardinal sin in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was odd that that happened. I mean, I was just, to be honest with you, I thought Gargano was, you know, he was up for the chop in the recent round of releases. So I'm just relieved that he's still there. And, um, you know, this is a big thing. I get what you're saying. I can't argue with any of it. Um, but, I mean, this was a great spot for Gargano. You know, Champ has just had this huge match. Okay, he lost, but it's been a huge match for him. He's done really well. He's shown that the he can get the audience behind him against Gunter. And then Gargano, who's, you know, had a spotty record in on the main roster, I think it's fair to say. This was a big moment for him returning at the end of the show. Yeah, they kind of bungled it. Um, but I think he's going to be all right. And um, I think they'll sort that out next week. And, you know, this is going to lead to a uh, Gargano and Champa versus... Um, Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser match, which one assumes DIY will win. And, um, you know, I think this is a good role for these two guys. So, um, you know, I'm trying to look on the bright side here. Yeah, it was kind of botched in terms of timings, but I just think the big picture is this is a good, a good, a good gig for those two. Oh, yeah, it's 100% a good gig. I think, you know, I think it's, it is worth pointing out those those errors because, you know, we, 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 we try to point out the various things that go on. And I think, in terms of the music thing, you know, I because I, there have been a few people from NXT where they've changed their music when they've come to the main roster. I don't know if there's some sort of rights thing with people who wrote the music before. I mean, that they it be because it's all USA Network, isn't it? Yeah, well, you would think so. But I mean, Gargano had that, you know, the Rebel Heart song for like seven years. And then they did a remix and the remix wasn't very good. I mean, the crowd had a really good reaction to him. Which, as you say, is a positive sign for him. But um, yeah, it's a good spot for him, and uh, hopefully they can, you know, fix the music and just give these guys the best chance to succeed. Because if they if they're given the best chance, I think they could do really well as a team. So again, yeah, um, yeah. we should just also mention as well there was big push on the show for Jade Cargill. Yes, she's continuing to be pushed as a major name. Reports are she's going to be at Fastlane this weekend in some capacity. So maybe she's front row. Maybe she's there to survey a match or something. But I, and I think in some ways it's clever because if you're a wrestler in AEW and you're watching what they do, you're gonna there's gonna be more reason for you to want to maybe make that jump to WWE if they are treating former AEW talent really well. So I think it's a clever move for them. You know, if you're Wardlow, for example, you're probably thinking, I know where I'm going at the end of the year. Um, but... Although he did, he did return on Dynamite finally last night, didn't he? He did, he did. He, he did return. But he, and, and the crowd are still really into him. So, you know, he's still got the goodwill of the crowd. But it's uh, in my experience watching wrestling, when you muck up a character twice, very hard to get them back to that level again a third time. So... I think this is definitely last chance saloon for the Wardlow character in AEW. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you about, Finn, was I did get a chance to see the Becky Lynch, Tiffany Stratton match uh, at No Mercy, as well as the Ilya Dragunov, Carmelo Hayes match on the show. Talk to me about the Ilya Dragunov title win. What did you make of that match? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, I figured that Dragunov would win. I, um, I mean, came very close to defeating Hayes at the Great American Bash, and um, and just felt to me like Dragunov, based on that performance and previous performances as well, was the top guy in the company and the man who should be holding the belt. And obviously, NXT agreed with me. Um, and yeah, it was it was you know epic match, mega tough, um, you know, just incredible realism. Um, yeah, I mean, Ilya dominated early and you could just see he set the tone, he set the pace and it was like, right, okay, this is how hard we're going, Carmelo. So, you know, you need to bring it, you know, you need to nail me as hard as I'm nailing you. And, uh, and Hayes did do that. He came back, but it definitely felt like Ilya's match from the start. It was inconceivable to me that he wouldn't win. And, uh, because Dragunov's so good. You know, I mean, I don't know whether he's the best worker in wrestling today, but if he isn't, he's top three uh, in my book anyway, in terms of making it real, in terms of his selling and just the whole package 
of just realism. I can't think. In fact, I can't think of anyone better than him in wrestling at the moment. Not even not even Gunter. I wouldn't have thought. But we'll see. Obviously, Dragunov's in NXT, so they've got more leeway, more flexibility uh, in the performances. So maybe that won't be repeated on the main roster. But you know, based on where he is and the conditions that he's working under now, he's to me, he's just he's the man. And this was just an amazing match. And um, yeah, Dragunov won with the uh, super H bomb, isn't it? That's what they call it from the middle rope for the pin. Yes, the title. And uh, afterwards, uh, Ilya shook hands with Hayes. And um, and that was that. And I think Hayes kind of seemed shell shocked by, you know, the, the toughness of the match and how hard hitting it had hitting it had been. Mm-hmm. And I think the audience were as well. Yeah, I think they were. But it was it was a, a belt of a match. It was really good, and it felt like it was kind of Dragonov's time to to win the title. Yeah. So it was good that they kind of did it when it felt like you know sometimes you wait too long. Yeah. To put the title on someone, but they they did it at the right time. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, he's ready to go to the main roster. So yeah. he's he's ready to go now. So, um, you know, I don't know. And you know what? Whoever beats him, that's going to be big for whoever beats him. Yes, for sure. And then the main event of uh, No Mercy was Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch in their uh, Extreme Rules match for the NXT Women's title. Obviously, Becky Lynch had won the title from Stratton on NXT. And it was a big spot for Tiffany Stratton to be put in this main event. 20 yeah. minutes. Uh you know, there's 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 women on the main roster who couldn't have a twenty minute main event match. So how did did Stratton live up to the sort of hype that everybody had for this match? Well, did you notice, Kenny, at the start, Stratton was wearing the brass knuckles, but she had, she had them on the wrong way around, <laughs> and the referee told her to reverse the direction of the brass knucks. <laughs> Poor Tiff. Poor Tiff. I mean, she must not be like a gangster fan or what. It must not have never have been a William Regal fan. You know what I mean? I don't there, there's someone out there who's not a William Regal fan. Ah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet William worry. Regal was going crazy backstage at that. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, they had all the props and all the gimmicks and they went up through the crowd and, you know, just all around the arena and there was like a shopping trolley full of gimmicks and, you know, Lynch beat up Stratton up and actually caught a right eye. Um, they said that uh, Lynch's um, stylist was in the crowd mm-hmm. and passed this large gold chain, which she used to, she used to nail Stratton as they're fighting up the steps. Um, so I mean, at one point, um, Lynch was attacking uh, Stratton with Barbie dolls. So that was quite funny. Um I thought Stratton rushed a few things, but overall she was, you know, a lot more measured here than she had been previously. Um, you know, I was critical of the match in which Lynch beat Stratton for the NXT women's title. I thought Stratton, you know, she's still fairly new to this and, you know, I understand and everything and she's done so well. I've been a fan of hers from the first time I saw her, by the way. I think she's amazing, but she, she does have a tendency to rush things slightly and doesn't sell as much as she should. But this here felt like a much more complete performance than anything I've seen from her before. It was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of stuff to remember. I mean, obviously, Lynch was in there with her and she was leading the dance. Um, although, you know, I've got to say, there didn't really seem to be much in the way of spot calling. You couldn't really hear any of that, which I thought was really good. And uh, yeah, I mean, he crashed through the barrier. And in the end, Lynch pinned Stratton with a manhandle slam onto chairs. So this was another really hard-hitting match, but obviously very different to Hayes versus, you know, Dragunov. And, you know, I think these two deserve an amazing amount of credit for being able to follow the brilliance of Dragunov versus Hayes. I mean, that was pressure, wasn't it, to follow that match, and they did. Yeah. They pulled I, it off. I mean, it's funny, because I've only seen two Tiffany Stratton matches, which are the two Becky Lynch ones, the, the one where she lost the title to her, and this one. And the thing that kind of struck me was, once I'd watched it, I, I was trying to Google when she first started training to wrestle, and it was 2021, or, or like 2020. I think like it's, it's been two or three years that she's yeah. been she's been training to wrestle. And again, you know, not to slate anybody, but like she is miles ahead of at least half the main roster run, at least already. And yeah. The, the, I mean, it's, it spells very good things for their future if they've got people like Tiffany Stratton who, 
you at this stage are able to do a 20 minute match yeah you know there's the odd thing like the brass knocks but for the most part she was able to hang with Becky Lynch in, in a main event match and didn't feel out of place I mean if you put if you put Tamina in there you know God help you you put <laughs> Shotzi in there who's and you know as an example and I'm not ragging on Shotzi here and it sounds like I am but Shotzi has been wrestling since um, 2014 or 20 no no sorry she made her debut in November 2016 so seven years this year and I've yeah. never seen Shotzi in her performance even half as good as this so, no no, no, that, that's very. I mean, Shotzi. Some of the stuff she did in NXT was okay, but she is no way she could have done this. And there's no way Shotzi will ever, in her, if she wrestles for another ten years, reach the point where she could have a main event match this caliber. I just don't think she would be able to do it. I just don't think she has it in her. But yeah, Stratton. Um, you know, and you know, I've got to say, you know, I was a fan of Shotzi as well before she arrived on the main roster, and I just. I just don't think it's the right environment for her. I think they actually should send her back to NXT. I think she would be far more uh, valuable there and would contribute more to the WWE system if she was in NXT than she, you know, she's just, to me, she's in overhead on the main roster. Um, She seemed a lot more comfortable in NXT. But yeah, this was a hell of a main event and, um, you know, really well done and, you know, Lynch suffered like a really nasty cut to her arm. Stratton's eye was cut and uh, she suffered like a like a bruised eye as well. So, I mean, they really went for it here. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, they deserve huge credit for for just ending the show on such a high after, as I said, Hayes and Dragunov had had such a killer match in the semi-final. Yeah. And the other thing that struck me when I was watching it was, you remember when Charlotte Flair won the NXT title back in 2020 and she did nothing? to elevate NXT or to help it. And already it feels like Becky's done more uh, in the role. You know, because it's hard. I mean, to be a main roster wrestler who comes down to NXT and wins the title, that's quite a hard thing to do and not seem like you're just coming and taking a spot from somebody. But she does not seem like that's what she's doing. She's here to work with people at Tiffany Stratton and help. And, you know, she's been in that position before. So... If there could be more people like Becky, we'd probably be in a good place. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think I enjoyed Stratton and Lynch more than Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes. I don't know why. I just I think maybe my expectations were lower for it than it than it actually ended up being. But it, it, it exceeded them a lot. Yeah, so. I mean, it was a fun match with all the props, wasn't it? You yeah. know, they had all yeah they had all the add-ons. So I mean, they were you know that definitely helped. But I mean, you know, it's. It's a main event match. That's that's when you use all the props and the add-ons in the main event, isn't it? You don't shouldn't really be doing that in your only match. Yeah. And, and the thing is, right now you're saying about Becky Lynch. I mean, right now we've got that joined up booking between you know the the all three WWE brands. I mean, an NXT this week drew eight hundred and fifty-seven thousand viewers. I mean, that was the highest uh, rating in like three years. Yeah. Um, you know, Dominic Mysterio regained the bell, and as we know, next week. John Cena's gonna be on NXT, isn't he, Kenny? Yes, we're gonna have the big match with Braun Breaker and why is it slipping my mind? Who's who's Breaker facing again? because uh, we've got we've got Heyman in one corner and we've got Cena yeah. in the other. Because Heyman's in Braun Breaker's corner and then Cena's in Carmelo Hayes' corner, right? Is that Carmelo the... Hayes. That's that's yeah. it, yeah. So I mean that's a you know big match. Cena's there, Heyman's gonna be there. So um Cody's gonna be there to make a big announcement as well. So yeah, I mean it's obviously no coincidence that Dynamite's gonna be screened on Tuesday next week, right? Yeah, we we you know the we know the game. The, yeah. the the game is not new to us. So uh but you know look, for people who like wrestling, next Tuesday's gonna be a big night. AEW putting on, you know, Copeland's first match, Swerve Strickland, Brian Danielson, and they're putting their stuff on, and you get NXT who are loading up their card with Cena and Heyman doing the manager roles and Cody coming down. So it's going to be a good night for, for wrestling on Tuesday. Yeah. So, um, well, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. As always, you know the plugs inside the ropes magazine.com is where you can check out the mag, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes is where you can check out uh, more content from us if you so desire. Um, but yeah, we will be doing an overrun over on Patreon where we will be looking at issue two, three, four of Power Slam. We're almost at the end, and then we get to the end. We're going to go back to the beginning of Power Slam because we didn't start the reviews until, I think, issue 50 or something. So we're going to 
complete these and then after it's completed I'm going to painstakingly go through loads of episodes and clip together all of the reviews and put them out as like a 10 part special or something so glutton for punishment is me <laughs> but uh, I think people will enjoy that I think people will enjoy being able to have that as a collection of thing of you know 10 episodes to listen to so over the next kind of year or so that's what, we, what I'll be working on for us so we will endeavor to do that yes um, but yeah thank you so much for all your support everybody and we'll talk to you soon Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.